was rough. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, the Bootleg Libertarian. This is not a real libertarian podcast. Yes, this is Friday night instead of Thursday night, but that's all right. Um, I am somehow still alive. I know Will is upset about that because he, I'm sure he was hoping to take over the entire franchise upon my demise, but I live one more day. Um, and tonight we have a very uh, special guest, Mr. Sean Thorne, who will be uh, running or is running for his U.S. Senate out in Alaska. Um, so let's get to it. Per the usual agreement, uh, since you're here, find us on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, and Twitter. Like, subscribe, follow, do all the things that are required from you to get this algorithm going. Um, since Facebook has been like on the uh, the Hiroshima nuke train here recently, uh, go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube if you've already not done that. Um, hit the notification bell and set to always. That way your phone will literally explode with excitement uh, when we go live. Um, we are doing, starting next week, four shows a week. So there is plenty of content to be had. Um, should we be nuked off the Facebook? Also, Tom52.com, that's T-O-M-F-O-R-5-2 dot com. Go check out Queter and why there's no quit in Queter. Tennessee Radical Caucus, the most radical of caucuses. Uh, go check them out or, uh, you know, you can find them on Facebook for the Tennessee Radical Caucus or you can go to lpradicalcaucus.org uh, to find out more about the caucus. You can also go check out this book here, uh, The Crowned by Gold, the third book by Jack Casey in the Royal Green series. Um, I am contractually obligated to now say that it is not a bad book. It's a good book, um, but I'm allowed to say that he is a trash human being uh, and no one understands how he actually wrote these books. So go check it out. Also, the Alaskan Raven for all your meme needs. Uh, let's see. Libertarian Party Veterans Caucus, the only caucus for veterans. It's it's not the only one, but it's the best one. So it's the only one that matters. So, you know, go check out LP uh, Veterans Caucus. Um, also, oof, don't do that. Uh, Greasy Porcupines. Go to greasyporcupines.org. 
um, to find out more about the service, to also get involved, go to greasyporkbines.org. Hello to you, Blake, as well. And with that being said, I will bring on my the the other white meat i'll call him this week i'll call him the other white meat uh mr will doherty i've been i've been called that for many many years you did not coin that but that is me what's up man what's up i didn't say i coined it i just figured that's what i'd call you this week yeah i have a football jersey that's on the back of it that's been my name for years don't worry the other white meat that's right that's awesome All right, let's get this show on the road. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and bring on our guest, uh, Mr. Sean Thorne. How you doing, Sean? Hello. Hello, Bootleg. Hello, Will. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here, man. Welcome. Yeah, thanks. So, introduction, I'm Sean Thorne. I'm uh, running for Senate in 2022 in Alaska and uh, running on those good old libertarian principles of freedom and self-determination and uh, trying to keep the federal government out of your personal life as much as possible. So if you want to check out my website up front, I'll plug that. And it's uh, PickSean, P-I-C-K-S-E-A-N.com. And uh, I stress the importance of this election. This is going to be, I believe, the first federal election ever to be ranked choice general primary. So we talk about libertarians overcoming ballot access. Um, in my opinion, we've done that. And uh, so we actually have a chance. If you want to donate money and you know try and get that first one elected, then I'd greatly appreciate uh, anything you can give. So. So, uh, you know, a lot of people don't understand, but, uh, you know, each state does get two senators, no matter the population size. Uh, But Alaska is actually the only state in the United States that uh, has one house rep, right? It's the only one with a single house rep? I thought Wyoming also only had one, but they might might add a few berths in there and cross that threshold to get two. So, I could be wrong. Alaska, we only got one. I think that's accurate because I think Wyoming actually has less people than Alaska does. So I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah, I thought so. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about like how the ranked choice voting thing happened. Were you part of that? Was that something that the Libertarian Party had a role in? Um, you know, I can't really speak to that. I was not personally part of it. Um, I don't think the Libertarian Party was too actively part of it. Um, that was just its own group that really pushed that. It was ballot measure two up here. Um, and Basically, we voted on it. We put it on it, passed by just the most narrow of margin. I think it was less than 50.1% um, to pass it. And I'm really glad. I know a lot of people, especially the big parties, they're, they're throwing out a lot of flack about it, a lot of uh, untruths. And they cite the previous history of ranked choice, but there's only a couple teeny weeny samples that you can draw from for it. And uh, so I think it'll be really interesting. I think it's worth trying. You know, I think what we were doing was not working. Let's give something else a shot. So, awesome. So, uh, <clears throat> Sean, you were uh, you were in the the military for a few years, correct? Yep, I was in the army for uh, about five years. Awesome. And uh, you, you know, what 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 is it you uh, you did? You, what was your MOS? So I was a logistics officer. I I did a college op OCS and. Uh, went and I wanted to fly. The army decided that, uh, they didn't want me to fly. So told me I was going to be a logistician instead. And, uh, I ended up only doing that for a little bit of, a uh, little bit of time. 
And then I went and I worked in installation management command for uh, most of my time in the military. And I absolutely loved that. I spent all of my, you know, non-training time in Korea just doing back-to-back tours. So it was fun. I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. So how did that military service influence your beliefs? How did that lead you to libertarianism? Were you a libertarian beforehand? I was, I'd say, independent leaning that way beforehand. I definitely had a few influential moments in my life that kind of steered me in that direction. And then being part of, you know, pretty high level bureaucracy and what my job was and seeing, you know, bureaucrats that create things just to justify their own job and just wasting money. Um, you know, buying vehicles that we have absolutely no need of because I'm sure some member of Congress wanted the factory in their district to produce that vehicle and sell it to the military. Um, it definitely pushed me in that direction that we don't, you know, we don't need as many bureaucrats as we have. I, I really believe the government has a lot of fat and cut out of it. It's impossible to be in the military and not see that fat firsthand. Just the no. amount of extra desk jobs that shouldn't exist, yeah. the amount of people twiddling their thumbs all day. Um, I also, I tell people all the time, if you, and I really mean this, I'm not saying this facetiously, but like if someone, young person, like thinks they're a socialist, you should join the military because it's not <laughs> what you think it is. You really shouldn't experience what, what, you know, it's socialism, what that's like. And some people loved it. I used to have an NCO that was actually uh, born in East Germany and he would just cry and cry about how much he missed communism. And now he only joined the army. So it's as close as he could get to living in communism. So give it yeah, a shot, wanna, you know, see if you, you want to be life. lazy, be lazy and yeah. coast at E5 for your entire career yeah. and then retire <laughs> after 20 years. Yeah, that's a great yep. place for you. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us, if you don't mind, what were those uh, big life experiences that kind of made you start leaning independent in the first place? Um, you know, actually, uh, I talked about this morning in my little Friday chat, but uh, what I, you know, 9-11, uh, I'd say we all grew up in that generation. That was just a massive impact on our early life. And uh, just, feeling that political zeal and seeing it all the time and, you know, like, Oh, we got, we got to attack them. And, you know, we got to support the Patriot Act. And uh, I remember being young and watching, you know, CNN or whatever and seeing those, the mobile vans for refinement of weapons of mass destruction and being like, this, this doesn't make sense. Like they might be making this up. Um, so that was definitely a huge thing. And just saying that the truth isn't always the truth. Um, another huge one for me personally was, uh, Fast and Furious, um, you know, the gun running from the ATF. And the most egregious part of it, I understand that it probably came from a good place when they thought it up. They weren't trying to get people killed and stuff. They were trying to track those guns, and they grossly underestimated their own incompetence. Um, But the fact of how much the government and how much the ATF and how much politicians lied about that just blatantly until one person, like we're so lucky, one person came out and revealed the truth of what was going on. And uh, without that one person, we'd, we'd still be dealing with uh, the fallout of their lies. And so between all that, you know, uh, a healthy distrust of government and, uh, you know, thinking I don't like bureaucracy very much. I just really think libertarian, libertarianism is like the solution, especially with how hostile. Look at everything you see now is just spewing hatred, trying to sow division. And uh, I really think it's time for that message of live and let live, just leave people alone, you know. So 
what got you to libertarianism itself? Was it through, was it through memes? Was it through Facebook? Where did you actually find the party? Um, you know, I, I guess I'd been a Ron Paul fan for a while. Um, relatively in, uh, I really don't know. There's certainly some in the military, some of the older guys that, uh, were very, uh, involved secretly as to not violate the hatch act. But, uh, they, uh, I think definitely opened it up to me. Um, unfortunately, my, my job in the multi, I, I was very much under the scrutiny of Hatch Act with uh, how political my job was. So there wasn't much I could do when I was in. But yeah. So okay. So one, one thing I like to uh, do on this show that um, I think really sep- uh, separates libertarian uh, politicians as, you know, as far apart as we can from uh, like the standard duopoly politicians, you know, you watch them and they're like boring and they just, they're, they're not people. They're just politicians. They're like these yeah. old machines. Um, the one thing toys. we like to do, say what? So the reptoids. Yeah. The reptoids. <laughs> the one thing that we like to do, or at least I like to do, um, is try and humanize people. And, uh, someone who is very close to your campaign had said something, and she may have warned you about this. <laughs> no, but I know it's going. Uh, she had talked about your your infatuating love for LARPing. Uh, so this all comes from one joke that I made. We were talking about what events we could do to get some people out and uh, you know do some public space events. And so I suggested we could do a LARP in the park. I was being facetious, which uh, I know I have you know dry voice, dry humor, but. Uh, I've actually never LARPed, but if you live in Alaska, you live in Anchorage, you invite me out, I'll show up. So, um, <laughs> Hell yeah. I'll check it out. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I do play board games like crazy, so I am, I am very nerdy. I love board games, and I got my job of the hut mug here, so it's not to say I'm not a nerd. That's just something I've never dealt into yet. <laughs> I was about to say, I, I did like that that mug, and you did get a compliment earlier from uh, Jay. Oh, nice. Uh, that love that mug. Yep. Appreciate it, Jacob. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> no, no harmful content. Well, maybe. It's, we'll get it's still there. Early. Yeah, we'll yeah. get there. Um, so, uh, let's say it's December, or no, I guess it would be, when is, uh, so I guess it would be January of 2023, you win your election. What's the first thing mm-hmm. you're looking to do when you take office? Um, this is such a libertarian stereotype. My first bill, I would just go for that ultimate low hanging fruit and, uh, try and take plants off the schedule list. I would say, I don't personally partake of that, but I, I think that's such an easy libertarian message to sell. I know we get teased for it all the time, but that's something you could easily put leverage on, uh, the existing politicians to put their money where their mouth is on it. I think, what is it? Almost 70% of America supports it at this point. And uh, I suspect special interest money is the only reason that it's not in there. So, Yeah, and it seems like the Democrats and Republicans, now that we're at kind of this tipping point where they know the majority of people support it, it's almost like a fight of who wants to get that bill in. Because whichever party gets it done is going to take all the credit for it. Both of the bills they've created both have some shitty things in them that libertarians would not like. But uh, I think that's what a lot of it is. We're basically just waiting for them to hash out. Who's going to get credit at this point? 
I would love to just put in a nothing else, no fat, not part of an omnibus bill. I hate that every single bill they put in, it's got something people like and something they hate. And so one, guy, one side can brag about the thing people like and the other side can brag about the thing people hate. And um, I'm tired of that. I would like to just go straight for it. I think that'd be an easy win. Hell yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think, I think you're right. A lot of Americans really do want to just finally see marijuana uh, legalized. Um, if you, especially if you talk to a lot of officers too, uh, a lot of them are, have no problem. Like they've, they've seen, uh, like if you do like a lot of outreach or, you know, just not you specifically, but like people who may be watching, um, if you talk to a lot of law enforcement officers, they're fine. What did you do? Oh yeah. I thought I was reading <laughs> my voice changer. I used to protect my identity. Um, this actually isn't my face. This is a mask. Well. <laughs> it's all prosthetic. So. <laughs> it's one of those uh, Mission Impossible rubber masks. Yeah. Yeah. You're a reptoid under there, point. aren't you? Yeah, exactly. The infiltration is near complete. <laughs> I remember, uh, side note, when, uh, when I first came back to America, I was at my parents' house in Idaho, relaxing for uh, you know a couple days. And I was sitting on the porch, and I'd had me a couple whiskeys, and uh, I was sitting there, you know, with all my friends, and we're just star watching beautiful stars up in the mountains. And that was the first time I'd ever seen Starlink, which I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it is absolutely terrifying if you don't know what it is the first time. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, like <laughs> alien invasion. That's what it fucking looks like. I was convinced yeah. that was a, a UFO, but a little Google did me some good there. So Sean, you're uh you're born and raised in Alaska, and that's what I read on your Facebook. So, um, yep. but your family lives in Idaho now. Yeah, they moved there. Uh, my stepdad works in uh, hospitals, so he moved there. Mm. Some point in the last ten years uh, for work. So, how do you feel about non-Alaskans running for office in Alaska? What's your stance on that? <laughs> um, you know, it's not like I have no problem with people being transplants to Alaska and all that. I think growing up in Alaska just gives you a perspective that you cannot have otherwise. Everyone comes up with different experiences in their life, but growing up in Alaska and knowing just how boring it is in winter sometimes when, uh, you know, you don't have enough money to go on a winter vacation or an adventure or knowing what it's like to live in a fishing town and actually rely on subsistence fishing. And, uh, you know, people roll their eyes at me all the time when I say, like, to this day, I can't eat king crab, and I have a really hard time eating halibut because I ate it every day for, like, 10 years, you know. Um, it's just unique things that you don't know if you didn't grow up here, and you might have this idea of what you want Alaska to be like, um, but there's things you'll just never experience about it. Makes perfect sense. So, for those who are listening who don't understand why I laughed, um, there is a gentleman who may or may not reside in Alaska. And spoiler, he doesn't, uh, and has admitted as, as much that he doesn't live in Alaska, but plans to live part time. Uh, who's running for that singular house seat in Alaska? And that's why it's a joke, and that's why we laughed. It is not a dig at Sean, uh, but it is a dig at this dude who lives in Texas, uh, who does not live in Alaska and does not plan to live in Alaska. So, 
Is he a Republican like I, or a Democrat? I think he's running Republican. Yeah, he, uh, he picked a fight with the wrong Alaskan, though. That is for sure. Yeah, How so? he picked. Oh, I mean, he uh, just him getting snippety with uh, our favorite Eskimo libertarian. Ah, know? yeah, yeah, for sure. I see what you're saying. Yeah, he went after Eskimo uh, pretty hard, and then naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of us jumped in like, hey, well, do you plan on living in Alaska? And the guy was like, well, I'm a resident. That's like, no, that's not what we asked. Resident means one thing. Living there means something else. Just because the law says you're a resident doesn't mean that you plan on living there or do currently live. And it's, it's, yeah, it's this whole thing. I lived in Korea for four years. I feel like I know a decent amount about the Korean lifestyle and what that's like. <laughs> I don't plan on running for mayor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'd probably be the widest, tallest mayor of Seoul that yeah. ever existed. I'm sure I'd get some looks there. but. So I really liked what you yeah. said about, you know, being from Alaska and your subsistent fishing town and stuff. So what do you think some other things are that kind of separates the identity of Alaskans, the lifestyle of Alaskans that people outside of there couldn't understand? I mean, there's some places I kind of have it like you get a little bit of it in uh, rural Montana and stuff, but just like that spirit of pioneer freedom, doing stuff for yourself. Um, I think. I think one of the hardest ones, especially for people that live in big coastal cities to understand, is what it's like to be a hunter and love animals way more than they do. And, you know, maybe you work in logging and you know the forest and you love trees way more than they do. And just because you utilize something, um, it doesn't mean that you don't like or don't understand that thing. Um, That's one of the biggest problems Alaska faces is people trying to tell us what to do with our stuff. And we have a nearly impeccable track record of resource management. Beautifully said, man. I'm oh sorry, Chris, but I'm I'm a hunter and I always tell people that like look, if you eat meat and you have a problem with hunting, you're just a huge hypocrite. We're just willing to yeah. look those creatures in the eyes and and take that burden upon ourselves. That's the only difference. But beautifully said. Yeah. That's awesome. Some people um yeah, it's like they think you don't like the animal or anything and they you know, 5% of anyone are bad characters and so you do have those hunters that are just no one likes them like good hunters don't like those people like i don't know how to describe it i'm sure you know what i'm talking about we've all seen them careless you know for some someone like me like that's a spiritual moment that is truly being one with nature when when you have that um that kill and uh that feeds your family and um you know like the idea of wasting that meat or letting it go bad is just you know cardinal sin um, I don't know. I love nature. One hundred percent. I think most hunters, yep. fishermen in general, they're all mm. way more interested in animals. They know way more about wildlife. Yep. They know way more about diversity. Way more about ecology than the average yep. hippie hippie does, or the average coastal city resident, as you said. Yep. If yeah, you're uh, hunting that moose, oh sorry, you go big leg. <clears throat> I was going to say. I mean, if you look at all the the. You know, groups of people who spend a lot of time like out on the lake fishing or out in the woods hunting, uh, they are the ones that care the most about these animals because, or that care the most about the environment in general because these are the people that either A, rely on it for their survival, or B, these are the ones that like it's tradition for them taking care of these woods or taking yeah. care of these mountains or lakes or whatever. 
Do you guys know the difference between preservation and conservation? Nope, I want to. So preservation is basically just leaving something alone, no access, like no touching it with humanity, um, letting it completely be. And conservation is finding a way to sustainably use it. And I just really believe, I like the idea. I think a lot of people do. I like the idea of preservation, just having that untouched place. But it's unrealistic if there's not like that money and that interest, like that vested interest of people going there to support it. And so I think that light conservation and having a reason that people can interact with it to, to keep it alive and well, um, we need to increase the message of that, um, that type of utilization. I don't know how Alaska is, but in Oklahoma, hunters pay for all of the conservation efforts and fishermen. Yep. But yep. that's where all of the funding comes from for conservation mm -hmm. is from hunters and fishermen. So, it, yeah, if you just try the preservation route, you leave things alone. That means that invasive species are still going to come in. Mm -hmm. There's still going to be problems. Somebody has to monitor that. Somebody has mm -hmm. to actively help things stay maintained. Yep. Well, a lot of conservation efforts, too require people to hunt certain species mm -hmm. uh texas for example we'll go back to texas uh they're begging people to shoot hogs out there because yep. they cannot get rid of them uh, man they have so much they have so many wild animals that don't belong there like african yep. species that are loose there that they're begging people to kill mm -hmm. texas yeah. has problems yeah here in tennessee wild. They, they have they have to ask people to go and hunt deer in certain areas because they can't uh, get people to hunt certain species and like i think it was two or three years ago there's a really bad outbreak of blue tongue and so they was having to have huh. people go shoot these deer and turn them into like uh stations if i'm if i'm remembering right because i don't do a lot of hunting i'm i'm more of a gun range guy hmm. um but i uh i remember a lot of people were having to shoot these deer and take them to the rangers so that that way uh they could get them out of circulation so they wouldn't infect the other deer you know what chronic wasting is? Yeah, that's that's blue yeah. tongue or that's whatever right. it was. Oh, that's yeah. what it's called. All right, yeah. Man, if people are scared of COVID and diseases like that, wait till you hear about chronic wasting. There's been no human patients yet, but that's one that every now and then I'll be thinking about that and get that chill up my spine. That's what is scary. it? What is it? It's a, it's a prion, so it's not even a virus. It's basically a, a replicating molecule. Um, very simple thing. Your brain runs on them, but it's one that's built wrong. But if it gets into you, that animal's brain, luckily it's not in humans. If it gets into that animal's brain, it replicates and basically turns them into a zombie. They, uh, you know, foam at the mouth and get crazy and shaky. And it spreads very, very rapidly through a uh, nose contact. It's one of the big ones. So I'm not a biologist. Wow. I don't know the exact details, but uh, what I do know is very scary to me. That's fascinating. Yeah, with the I, didn't know, I didn't know. Go ahead, man. Yeah, with the deer, they're, they're, the reason we call it blue tongue is their tongue would, like, swell up real big. Um, and you would always catch them by the river. Like, that's how a lot of people would find them, like, if they had died of blue tongue. Uh, it's because they would go to drink water, and then they would just drown because they were, like, suffocating between their tongue and the water. Mm -hmm. It was, yeah, it's nasty. And they say that you can cook it out of the meat. People were like, nah. We ain't, we ain't trying that. We've seen what happens when yep. we try that. Yeah, it's yep. mm -hmm. not worth the risk. You don't want to be patient zero on something like that. <laughs> Seriously. So I ask a lot of libertarians this, Sean, but I like to get everybody's opinion on it. So 
where do you stand as far as how our messaging should be? First of all, I should ask you this. Are you, are you in any specific caucuses? No, I don't. I, I got some I like, you know, but I don't really believe too heavily in the caucusing, um, you know, or even voting along party lines or anything. I got what I believe. It aligns really well with libertarian policy. But for me, if I'm elected, it's Alaska first. Nothing will ever get in the way there. Um, the only only uh, caucus that I'm actively part of is the seafood caucus. So <laughs> hell yeah. So so, what do you feel like libertarian messaging should be nationally? Do you feel like we need to be more radical? Do you think like we need to be more pragmatic? Where do you see that going? I uh, it's tough, you know. Um, I guess like the other parties, we have a really diverse, uh, you know, beliefs. We have a diverse set of beliefs within the Libertarian Party. I what I see resonating with people. It's kind of that punk rock, uh, you know, that other option, you know, the sticking it to the man type attitude. That's that's kind of what I see people really attached to. And uh, I do still believe in, you know, dying on the moral high ground. I think that's something that really makes libertarianism um, attractive is doing what's right. Um, but yeah, I definitely think the punk rock thing, you got to play into that. But um, I don't believe in hostility or spewing hatred um we got to as a country get over that because you just how often do you not see it now like in your day-to-day life you see it all the time of just people trying to sow division in some way or another and uh, if we can sell that message of you know live and let live and um just being whoever you want to be without trying to take over each other's lives using the government i think that's something that'll really resonate with people especially now especially after what they've seen over the last year some people support that stuff, but not most people. Uh, I think it was Jess Mears had put on Twitter this morning uh, that she's been talking to a lot of uh, Democrats on Clubhouse. And even they are now saying, like, they're scared of where these mandates are going. They're like, this is an overreach that we're not even cool with. Um, and Democrats used to be the party of anti, like, anti-establishment right they used to be the ones that claimed that they were the anti-establishment party they're the you know the the rage against the machine people uh as we've seen in the last 30 years that's not true but uh even they're now looking at these these mandates they're like this is this is getting to a scary place yeah i mean how many i don't blame like democrats in general uh like Democratic voters, I don't blame for this problem, but how many Democratic politicians would be in favor of doing what Australia is doing right now? I hazard to guess more than a few of them. And that absolutely terrifies me that, that, that uh, you know, a free country can consider that a viable option. You know, I'm honestly surprised to hear that there are Democrats who are against it because, you know, I guess this is the mainstream media, but it seems like everything online is just being pushed that, oh, that it's fully supported. The businesses support it. You know, all of the big, the big publicly traded businesses support it, which is probably just horseshit. It's probably just propaganda. Um, but I'm, I'm happy to hear that even just a little bit. But you're absolutely right. I don't know what, what the hell has happened in this country, but um, the left, freedom and liberty are not even words that they esteem whatsoever anymore. Mm-mm. No. Maybe human rights, maybe some things like that, but not, not you know, I think Bill, Bill Clinton days, whenever Clinton Democrats existed, freedom and liberty still mattered to them to some extent, I think. I try not to lump everyone into stuff like that. You know, it's uh, like Sun Tzu says, you know, you never let your enemies think they're encircled. 
So you always got to leave someone an out so that they can break away and see your logic and join your side. Huh, um, I like that. So don't don't get them don't get their back against a wall on it. You always got to leave someone that out to uh, see reason. I like that, man. Very very well said. Yeah, it it is it is important to like I I use Democrats and Republicans in a bad way a lot of times, and that's just that's just bad habit on my part. Um, collectivism is not who we are as a party, and it, it, I'm not promoting that we just blame Democrats or we just blame Republicans. Um, but yeah, it is definitely important that we we you know no matter what their political affiliation is, is we're showing them like, hey, look these policies are bad. Like th- if you're scared now, imagine where it's going to be in five, six, seven months, not years, months. Yeah. Uh, as people still continue to say, look, I don't want the vaccine. Uh, as a lot of people know, I've, I've been, I've had COVID for the last week. Uh, if, if it comes down to the fact that they're saying, Hey, you have to get the vaccine no matter what, uh, there's, there's going to be a lot of people, uh, I think that will start coming to our side, not even to the party, but just to our side of the argument that mandates are just going to kill people. Yeah. I mean, it's just un-American when it comes down to it. It's uh, Mm -hmm. whatever happened to my body, my choice. But Seriously, um, it's sad because this is how we were raised. Like, I don't know about you guys, but when I went to school, we were taught that, you know, freedom mattered, liberty mattered. And it just seems Mm -hmm. like, those ideas have been mostly forgotten except, except by the libertarians. And I mean, there's still a few people, especially I think in the older generations, but, um, bootleg, you've got kids. Are, do you feel like your kids learn that in school? Not from you. Well, so my oldest one is five. He's in, he's in kindergarten. Um, so there's not a whole lot of that. It's a lot of the numbers, colors, shapes. (laughs) Also Um, important. (laughs) <laughs> also very important uh but yeah they there's uh i don't think there's a whole lot of that yet um i would say probably here in a couple of years i would hope they teach more of that uh if not that may just be something i have to instill and to be honest i think as americans it's our jobs as parents to make sure that our kids are learning what we want them to learn um public education is going to fail them just just go ahead 100% expect that that it's going to fail them on what they should know uh to restore their to maintain their own rights uh because the government will never give you the tools uh to overthrow itself um they don't want you to have the knowledge or the understanding that they don't have this ultimate power they want you to think that everything they do is for the best uh of you and your family so they they will never give you the understanding that the Second Amendment, no matter what, should never be infringed. Or that, you know, your bodily autonomy is the most important thing. Um, they will never teach you or your children those things. No, as soon as the system gets created, the people who are a part of it only care about the sustenation of that system. They don't care about everybody else. It, it's like you could get people in an organization, their focus becomes the life of that organization. I feel like that's that's exactly where we are right now. People in government care about sustaining the government. They don't care about doing good anymore. And again, I, I'm lumping people in in groups, but in general, there's not a. It's almost there's not even a, a conscious a conscience there. You know, it's really just a um, a collective idea of trying to sustain a system. And I think that's what the big problem is. 
there's this political idea. I, it's been a while since I've read about this. I think it's called supreme law of the state. That's what they call this. But the idea is that if a government starts having problems, they will do whatever it takes to sustain the government, not necessarily the people. But, exactly. Um, fight tooth and nail to keep their system that they've built around themselves. And uh, I think we see a lot of that now. Just doing things for optics that are absolutely insane. But, you know, we've always been lied to about stuff. It's not like that's something new, you know. Easy example, Vietnam War, Gulf of Tonkin. It was just made up. It didn't happen. And, uh, True, yeah. Going back to World War One, the Lusitania, yeah. we've, been, we've yeah. been propagandized forever. Mm. So there's always been stuff. But now, hey, I think it's funny. You read like The Onion or Babylon Bee or whatever, and uh, a lot of those things, they're just like three months away from truth, you know. Seriously. Seriously, it's all it's all satire, but you're absolutely right. It's 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 going to be truth tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. So, so Sean, like they, what's? Uh, go ahead, man. Get no great Well, I'll be. <laughs> I'm going to steer it in a different direction. So if you still got something on that, go for it. I was just going to bring up an, uh, a Babylon Bee article from today. Uh, they they had talked about a new government drone program, and it showed one of the Sentinels from the the Matrix because. For those of you who don't know, the the new Matrix trailer dropped yesterday, um, and the and so one thing was is the irony behind having to get the vaccine in order to go see the new Matrix movie. Also, uh, <laughs> talking about uh, um, this new Sentinel program that will force injections on people and all this stuff, and it's got like super lasers and when the general was asked why does it have eight legs with like claws and they said <laughs> the general turned around and said why not it looks badass i feel like we are not quite two months away but maybe maybe three <laughs> days uh between the dod releasing some kind of drone sentinel thing that like has lasers and forces injections <laughs> For our own safety, of course. Yeah, for, for your own safety. Well, yeah, it's not about freedom. It's about safety. Exactly. Yeah. The most important thing in the world. So, Sean, what is the campaign trail like for you right now? I know it's still early, but what does campaigning in Alaska look like? Because it, geographically, it's a massive freaking state. So how do you even try to attempt that? You know, it's, uh, it's hard. Luckily, I live near a lot of the population centers, um, but that's not all that's important. You know, we have so many rural communities and their way of life is like the real Alaskan spirit. And so um, that's one of the big reasons, you know, uh, I'm asking for money right now is so that I can build up to start making trips to those rural communities, um, take flights out to some of the villages and some of the smaller fishing towns because Alaska is freaking huge. People don't understand. It's, I think it's like a quarter of the land mass of the United States. It's almost and half. Have, yeah, it's crazy. And so, um, yeah, I uh, luckily a lot of events are near me just because it is a population center. But those remote people are still very much uh, in my my goals of what I want to support. And uh, just got to get more of that campaign money to get out there and visit. So yeah. if uh, someone wants to donate money to you, Sean, where do they, where should they go? Uh, Pickshawn.com, P-I-C-K-S-E-A-N. And uh, got a very nice website, a uh, little donate link. And if you want to shoot me a message, ask me a question, you can do that. Um, also on Facebook, um, Pickshawn Thorne is like my political Facebook page. You can also just add me as a friend. I'll add you um, at Sean Thorne and ask me anything. 
Let's see. Try to pull it up. That's a nice domain name, man. I'm surprised you could get that, honestly. Yeah, it's uh, pretty fortunate. Oh, that's beautiful. I love all the yellow, too. Yeah, got to represent. Plus, that's one of Alaska colors, yellow uh, or golden blue, you know. No shit. Okay. Have you ever uh, gone bear hunting, by the way? Yeah, actually, uh, right now I'm in the process of trying to find a black bear just for me. But uh, the only bear I've shot so far um, was trying to kill me. Um, so I got one of those. He's a rug now. He paid the price for his insubordination. But <laughs> Was it a black bear or a grizzly? No, it was a grizzly. I was, uh, I was taking a nap and basically woke up and he was sneaking up on me. I shot him at 12, or, yeah, 12 yards. With what? Ooh, that's close. That was with a 300 WSM, so that uh, that did the oh, trick. Good. But, yeah, I sat up and I looked over and, uh, you know, there was one tree on the gravel barn. I could see him behind it looking at me. And when I sat up and, like, I saw him and I kind of, like, you know, had that panicky moment of, like, oh, damn, that's a, that's a bear right there. And uh, if they're scared, they might stand up. They might clack their jaws or woof at you. And he didn't do none of that. He got low and just started crawling around towards me, like, uh, oh, look it up. I better pounce on it. And so... I whipped it around, and that was uh, very much, I think that was some sort of primal mechanism. Somehow my brain knew and woke me up to look right then. So but, did you have to tell that exact story to the game warden, or how'd that go down? Oh, no, I had a, I had a grizzly tag anyway, so I didn't huh. report it as a uh, I didn't report it as a bear attack or anything. I just slapped the tag on it and made him a rug, so I figured that was That's awesome. Enough. Hell yeah. Do you get a, a certain number of grizzly tags annually as an Alaskan or anything like that, or do you have to buy them? How does that work? Um, for most units, as part of your hunting license, you can get a moose every year, depending on the unit. There's there's draws you can put in for, but there's definitely areas. If you wanted to go to certain areas, as an Alaskan, you can get uh, one moose, one grizzly, um, I think one to five black bears, depending where you are. Good gosh. Um, five to 25 caribou, depending where you are. Um there's a lot of hunting you can do as a resident here. Plenty of meat. Yeah. But it's hard. I mean, now there's more people out there. So when I go out, I don't have a four-wheeler or a toy or anything. I got the Shoelace Express. And uh, sometimes it can be really hard to, to get in where they're at. But hmm. this weekend, Sunday, I'm going out. I'm, uh, I'm determined. What so are you we'll see what happens. Moose and black bears. Yeah. I like yeah. the the nonchalantness about how he said, "Yeah, it was like twelve yards out." I woke up twelve yards. For people <laughs> who don't know, that is not shit for a grizzly bear to cover. Uh, it starts charging; it can cover twelve yards fairly quickly. They're big animals, but they're quick. Uh, and they're the simple fact, quarter horse. Yeah, <laughs> and the fact that he was like, "Yeah, it came at me. I shot it. Whatever." Uh, apparently, Alaska is just like a like the people there are just built differently they're just a different <laughs> of human so i mean like look joe biden can keep fucking around uh i guess alaska will be the latest last state that will that will receive that blessing uh because <laughs> he's like 12 yards whatever it's like from here to there yeah sean we got a question for you what is your position on the usics i always tell people if if, if people come to alaska uh, and they say, oh, like, what's, what's the best souvenir I can bring home? That is always what I sell them. So I'm an Usyk fan. Also, we got a beer called it, uh, the Usyk Amber. 
fantastic beer. That's uh, from my favorite brewery up here. Uh, yeah, they're awesome. Everyone should own one. Everyone support your, uh, you know, your local native artists. Go find a, an Usyk if you come up. Do you want to explain to people what an Usyk is? Nah. I have no idea. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, please, like, please pull it up. I got to Google it right now out of curiosity. I'll, I'll pull I'll, it they, up. Uh, I will let you as, Google it, Will. As you're Googling that, I, oh, God. I one time, I was in my buddy's house. Oh. I had a friend that owned a uh, oh. a tourist store, and I saw one in there, and it's my biggest buyer's regret ever that I did not buy this when it was there, but he had one that was, it was over two feet long. It was a big one, but it had been broken in the middle, and the bone refused in a boomerang shape, and uh, that would have been the perfect thing I ever owned, but... So this is an Usyk, which is apparently a walrus penis mm. bone. Am I, am I saying that correctly? Yep. Wow. And uh, not most, most animals don't have bones in their penises, so I thought, Actually, so I guess. Most, most animals do. It's, uh, really? Huh. Apes, apes, pachyderms, and whales, I think, are like the big groups that don't. But most animals do have one. A bear does, I can tell you that. May or may not have, <laughs> may or may not have one of those hanging on the wall, but... <laughs> So, oh man, that's fascinating. So is Usyk just the generic uh native Alaskan term for uh penis bone or is it just like specifically walrus penis bone? Not specifically the walrus ones. Those are definitely the most impressive ones that uh <laughs> I'm, not sure, I'm not sure there's many bigger ones in the world cuz you know, pachyderms and whales don't have them. I'm not sure what would be bigger than that. So Yeah, I'll say uh, uh cuz walrus is uh have a uh, what like 23 to 26 inches yeah yep <laughs> yeah they got a solid two and a half feet it's heavy it's a hefty bone too wow now i gotta find a picture of one like in in oh wow wow there's somebody holding one okay i gotta share this too this is crazy this is probably the most fascinating episode that we've ever done in my opinion all right, look at this, guys. Look We're at this. Getting into the real issues here. Seriously, that thing is massive. Holy shit! You could kill somebody with that. I mean, it wouldn't even yeah, I'm be hard. Sure they used to use them as weapons. Yeah, I think that's a thing. Well, Sean, uh, now that we've completely murdered your uh, campaign, stick <laughs> and uh, LARPing, uh, <laughs> is there anything else that you'd like to plug? Um. What you guys take on all the Afghanistan stuff? I'm sure you've talked about it, but I'd be curious to hear. On on the Afghanistan stuff? Yeah. So the last couple weeks I've actually covered a lot of it. Um I the the whole fact like so I'll put it this way. <clears throat> People have asked as to whether or not I think another president could have done better. Um hmm. I don't think out of the options that we've had here recently, I don't think any of them could have done anything. Um, I think the U.S. military is too large and is too much of a, a fumbling idiot to be able to do a correct withdrawal. Um, and, and, and I'm not saying that because I think the military is incomp- incompetent of doing anything. Um, it's mostly because the U.S. military is not designed the way it's it's built right now to do withdrawals. It's not designed for pullouts. It's designed to go in and be there long-term forever, um, which is a bad thing. Um, 
And and so I I, I don't think Afghanistan could have gone any other way. I think it could have been handled better, but you know, you were a logistics officer, so you understand how that works. I did air transportation in the Air Force. It's it's an extremely huge burden to tackle. You not only have to make the plans, but you have to be able to locate all the people, get the communications to them without the bad guys figuring it out. I'm happy that the war ended. I'm happy that Biden at least pulled the plug on it, even though in pulling the plug, there was a lot of collateral damage that happened. Honestly, compared to Vietnam, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it's still sad. It's still it's still some terrible things. But compared to our pullouts in the past, it, it could have been a lot worse. So I would say I'm, I'm glad that we're out of it. Yeah, I, uh, that's kind of where I am. If you gave me, you know, an absolute binary choice of stay there for another 10 years, which was probably likely, or what happened, I'm going to pick what happened. Um, but having said that, you know, there's a lot of people that are trained on non-combatant evacuation, and I don't know why we waited till the midnight hour, you know, closed, closed our bases really early and then had what happened. I definitely would hope that some people resign because they know there's definitely people out there that know they were in the wrong on this. And I don't exclusively blame Biden. You can only blame him so much, you know. Uh, one person's not making all these decisions. It, it's the a only thing to fail. The only thing Biden can be blamed for is fucking up the teleprompter. That's the only thing that he's responsible for. He doesn't do anything else. Come but, on, uh, man. <laughs> my co-host on Not a Real Veteran last night, Braxton, he was mentioning that, um, or that's two nights ago. Jeez, it's been a long week. Uh, he mentioned that there were some reports on the ground of pallets of money being left behind for the Taliban, supposedly. And hmm. so I think that that has a lot to do with it. I think there was probably some CIA stuff and some dark ops as hmm. to the negotiations, you know, because we're not supposed to negotiate with terrorists. The U.S. government claims hmm. that they don't negotiate with terrorists. Of course they do. That's what the CIA is for. They're the yeah, we've probably never assassinated anyone. So Exactly. Yeah, we've never assassinated <laughs> anyone, interfered in a de- democratic election. <laughs> but uh, so I'm sure there was some agreement there with the Taliban to close bases when we did. I feel like that had something to do with it. And I, I, I have, can't verify that. But um, I think there's always a lot of dark hands in those kind of plays. Definitely. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of look. So uh, the the ISK, um, you know, they've been in the news a lot here recently. Um, They've been funded by the CIA uh, as recent as uh, 2017. Uh, ISIS funded by the CIA. Taliban funded by the CIA. Al Qaeda was funded by the CIA. I mean, every organization over there that has killed Americans was funded by. The CIA. So I mean, the fact that there's like they're talking about pallets of money being left behind. I've seen footage where Taliban soldiers were walking into like like what looked like safe rooms, uh, where there's just tables covered in money. Um, so I mean, it. it I, I I would say yeah. There's I, I would almost guarantee the CIA gave them stacks of cash. Because, you know, they got the list of Americans, so it's kind of like protection money is what it seems like. Yeah. I uh, got to be careful how I word this because I don't want to get sued. But <laughs> my favorite my favorite manufacturer of weapons is Arsenal Bulgaria. I love Arsenal guns. And I remember watching the news. This was over when I was in Korea and, like, when ISIS was really hot and seeing those guns, like, brand new AK-103 knockoffs, RPG-33, stuff like that, that were Bulgarian manufactured. And I was like, wow, like, 
that's really weird. And I went down a rabbit hole and you can do this rabbit hole yourself. I won't call it out, but there was definitely a U.S. politician that was involved in that company and also went to Syria for peace talks that broke down. Right wow. Down. And that, that's something I find very interesting, but all circumstantial. I'm not saying anything. Definitely nothing happened there, but it does seem weird to me. Don't worry, man. Nobody will ever find this podcast recording, even if you're yeah. in. It's fine. <laughs> well, Sean, I appreciate you coming out tonight. Uh, you know, just going to ask everyone to go to PickSean.com. Find him on Facebook at PickSeanThorn. Um, yeah, when you go to PickSean.com, uh, if you're in Alaska, hit the volunteer button. Um, if you're not in Alaska and Sean has some remote jobs that you can do, uh, do those. Uh, the, the two things that every campaign needs the absolute most, uh, especially in the Libertarian Party, is money and volunteers because there's always plenty of people who are doing way too much with uh, too few people. Um, so always, you know, uh, sex work is work, so throw your body at it. Um, <laughs> so, so <laughs> Get your Usyk in this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, no comment. No comment. Yeah. Sorry for the best. Uh, <laughs> Sean, I appreciate you, man. You have a good evening. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks, man. You guys have a good one. Have a good weekend. Take care. Appreciate you, man. Well, then there were two. Then there were two. That was awesome, man. What a great guest. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I know he wanted to talk about guns, but we got to talk about everything else. We'll definitely have to have him on uh, uh, another point to talk about just guns. We should. Uh, I'd love to do more episodes just on guns. Maybe that could be Sunday night, not a real gun. Something like that. Dude, you could get non-libertarians in to the network just by doing a gun focused podcast. I don't even know if there is a gun focused podcast. I've never heard one. Oh, there's tons of them. Uh, well, you're more of a, a nerd than I am. A lot. Yeah. A lot of them are more Republican, uh, driven. Um, but I do like, I do like the idea of doing like more gun focused content. Um, like a show where we bring people on and just talk about strictly just guns. Um, I think Sunday might be a good market for that, though. That'd be dope, man. Everyone gets down from church. They can talk about guns. I think it's a great idea. Those, I mean, that's the three big things that saved America, wasn't it? Guns, God, and uh, KFC, wasn't it? <laughs> that sounds about right. That's what that's what Washington talked about, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Washington was way before Colonel Sanders, for sure. <laughs> Well, uh, everybody, go follow the Libertarian Party Veteran Caucus if you haven't already. Oklahoma Libertarian Party. By the way, if anybody from Oklahoma is watching this, we've got a protest tomorrow at 10 a.m. at the federal building against these vaccine mandates. Um, And go to electnataliebruno.com and donate to Natalie Bruno's campaign for governor. That's all I got. Governor, um, I forgot to plug the website again. Uh, Go to notarealpodcast.com. Uh, and go check out the website. We're looking at trying to figure out some way to stream to the actual website. Um, also, go out and buy, like, go to notarealpodcast.com and get you some sweet merch. There's a $20, is $20 t shirt uh, with this man's mug on there. 
Um, my son actually was telling me yesterday after the episode because he watched it. He said, "Daddy, I want a Mr. Krabs T-shirt. So <laughs> I, I need to tell Cajun that he is now Mr. Krabs." Um, that's pretty funny. But uh, I'd say that's it. We we plugged uh, all of the good sponsors and all the bad sponsors. And uh, if you would also like to be, uh. Didn't Caitlin Bennett start with guns? I have no idea. I know she finished by shitting herself at a party, though. I think she just got um, started by carrying the gun at Kent State University. I'm pretty sure that's what got her name, but I could be wrong. Maybe she existed think, before that. Yeah, I think I think that's really what got her the the, the quote unquote fame. Um, but if you too would like to be one of our good or bad sponsors that gets poorly sponsored on this show uh and you would like to see your product or business get uh talked about in a really poor kind of way <laughs> reach out to the show boy are you selling this <laughs> yeah i'm selling it hard uh <laughs> if you're watching how i treat jack casey and his book and you're like that's what i want in my life <laughs> uh definitely reach out to the show uh, I'll say the the worst. The more shit I talked about his book, the more it sold. Uh, so, you know, no yeah. such thing as bad publicity. Well, uh, there's there's bad publicity. Uh, Trump found that out in 2020. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I think he he got screwed by Facebook and stuff, but I don't think I don't think he hurt himself by being crazy. But that's for another episode. We could do an episode on that. I mean, he won yeah. once by being a complete idiot, so we'll agree to disagree. Yeah. Well, well, well tune in next week. Uh, I believe Monday is the pilot episode of uh, Not a Real Liberty Luau, uh, which will be hosted by Nick O'Day or the Oklahoma. Um, and him and his buddy will will be uh, hosting that on Monday. Tuesday night is <laughs> news broadcast. That scared the shit out of me. Hey, hold um, on. I'm sorry, man. I'm going to mute. Tuesday night is the Not A Real News broadcast. Wednesday night is Not A Real Veterans podcast. And then Thursday night will be Not A Real Libertarian podcast. All episodes are 7 p.m. Eastern Freedom Time. So come check it out. And that, I believe, is a wrap. All right. See you guys. Welcome to episode 5 of the 